Please join me now in giving an incredibly warm welcome to the wonderful Laura Linney, who's co-executive producer, director, and actress on the series. Hello, hi. First off, I wanted to, to start by talking a little bit about when you first took on this character in the first season, because I've heard you mention that there was a scene very early on, I think it was the, the dead opossum, that Wendy just picked up and threw, and there was no question mark as to her action in that moment. She wasn't slighted by that, and that it really rooted so much back into her childhood and her upbringing for you. But it also shows an impulsiveness, a, the survivalism that we came to know and love about her. And so how did reading a scene like that early on really open up the space in which you saw to be able to play this character and the types of choices you were able to make? Well, I had made some you know, original decisions about her at, at the beginning, but I didn't really have a real uh, clear idea of who she was and where she came from. And that was the scene where everything just sort of clicked into place for me. Because they'd written that scene, and I thought, how does she know how to do that? Why is she not afraid of that dead animal? And then all of a sudden I started to realize, oh, she knows how to talk to all these people in a different way from anyone else in her family. And then it all just clicked. I was like, oh, she's from some place like this. Why is she, why does she not want to move there? Why does she not want to go there? I'm like, oh, she's going back to something that she knows. So, and, and then from there I was able to sort of really um, build things and it just all sort of just clicked into place for me. It became very clear about her motivations, what they were, who she was, why she responded and was so sort of primal and reactive. And, and one of the elements which was always so fascinating in watching her as a character is the fact that her line of morality was always changing. It was an ever-moving target. But there's such a challenge in playing a character like that episodically where you don't initially know how many seasons you're going to have to push it for because just because she wouldn't make a choice now doesn't mean that she wouldn't a few episodes from now or a season from now. And so how did you approach the challenge of always making it a moving target but always leaving yourself space to go to? Well, because I had done a, a, a series pr prior to this which had lasted several seasons, I knew sort of what what it is, and it is difficult, and it is the biggest challenge, at least for me, doing a long, a series that lasts many years, because you don't know what's coming. So you can't paint yourself into a corner, but at the same time, you don't want to play things generically, because then who cares? And then it's just sort of not fun. So I talked to Chris Mundy, our amazing showrunner, at the very beginning, and I said, if we can make this, at least for Wendy's character, about identity and her identity, and who is she and who is she not? And is she, then I was like, that gives me a, 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 a wide range, but still specific. So I, I rooted everything in that. And then once I realized where she was from, then it clicked in even more. And the, the primary thing really for her is just survival. And I think she was predetermined or pre, you know, she had previous experience with survival. So it just clicked in and went into like, you know, miracle grow. <laughs> you know, she's sort of. And there's elements of the survivalism which also transcend over to an impulsiveness in her. And the wonderful thing about a role like that is it almost means that no choice is a wrong choice in terms right. of your performance. Right. And so what was that like spending several seasons playing a character where ultimately you could go in any possible direction? You know, it was fantastic just to be um, reactive and not... Uh, and have the freedom to do that. And then also once we introduced that there was mental illness in the family, 
then that really let me, <laughs> that really let me go all over the place. And being able to sort of cap that until after Tom Pelfrey's character was gone, so that you really didn't quite see it to the degree until after she was gone that there was this inherited gene, um, then it was really, you know, the gloves were off and then you can just go all over the place, you know, and it's, it's very freeing when you realize you sort of can't, exactly what you said, you can't make a wrong move. And that's the joy of when you have really good writing and really good people and you sort of try as much as you can, sort of create a sort of arc for yourself. Um, and a lot of television, you know, I find in the past, it's very hard to do that because it's not, um, the showrunners and the writers are not as collaborative as you, as you want them to be. And at least, you know, with this, with this show, which I already am in, I'm still in mourning that it's over. Um, you know, it was, it was wonderful to have all of that and just this collaborative feeling and them giving us the information so that we could actually craft something. It was really, for all of us, it was great. It's also so fascinating to watch a character who at times is very controlled with her emotions and at other times things come to the surface that she's not intending to. Obviously, we get all the quiet moments behind closed doors. And so when you would be working with the scripts and working on scenes in advance of filming, how were you approaching finding what's the emotion for her on the surface and then what's the subtext play underneath for her? Um, you know, some of that was predetermined and some of it you just get there on the day and Jason would look at me in a certain way and, you know, something would happen, <laughs> you know, or she would see something or her daughter would make her angry or she'd look at something that she thought was beautiful or she'd have a moment of kindness or a connection or, you know, so it really, the thing that's great is that once everything is sort of in place, it really does take off a life, it takes a life of its own and you just get out of the way. You know, and you, you bring up obviously the wonderful Jason Bateman and there's moments where there's such clear genuine love in their own way and affection in that marriage and then there's moments for both of them where there's transactional instances for each of them and they just need each other to get through the next moment. Um, and, so and, they, and they hate each other yeah. at times. I mean, yeah. it, it swings, yeah. you know, like any very intense marriage. Yeah. You know, they love each other and they hate each other. And they blame each other for things, and there's long, long-term resentments, and there's all. But yet they've grown up together. And the thing that I always thought was interesting from the very beginning is that you had a family who functioned well together, but they didn't know each other. They really didn't know each other at all. None of them. So what happened over the four seasons? What they, they was like. It was like, oh, that's who you are. Oh, hi. And the, with the children as well as as well as the parents. I mean, and there's always this idea that every single one of her choices roots back to who she was at the beginning of the show, and it felt like that was always in her. Um, would you be consciously still thinking back to that version of her and, and rooting it in that, or did it just become very instinctual? No, no, it just, it just sort of, you know, <laughs> went on its way. <laughs> And how did a lot of the, the preparation for you change over the years? Because obviously at the beginning you're developing and asking questions of this character. And then as you spend more time living and breathing in her, you instinct, like you said, you instinctively know certain choices. And so how did the, the preparation that you would do for specific scenes or episodes evolve and change? Well, I'm a nerdy, nerdy actor. I mean, I do. I'm a nerdy McNerdster. I, I, everybody, everybody prepares very, very differently. And, it, and that's one of the fantastic things. Like the two of us could not be more different, and we work together beautifully, and I love every move he makes. Um, but we, we prepare very differently, and I get very, I think because I'm from the theater and because I'm the daughter of a playwright, you know, I go script, 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 
and I break down the script and I get out my post-its and I get my highlighter pen and I, I really, and then I start to see where thematic things happen. And if something is well written, once you sort of take it all apart, you can see how it's put together. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is where the writer wants this to happen. And once that sort of reveals itself, it's like a map. Or it's like directions, really. It sort of tells you like which way they want you to go. And then you think, well, do I play it that way or do I play the opposite? Do I like, what's the, what's the best, what's gonna be the most effective thing for the character, for the story, for the plot, for the narrative? How does, how does, it, how does it all work? And I just find that stuff fun. I mean, really fun. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Tom Pelfrey joined the show, he was talking about how he would come over at weekends and you would be walking him through that. What were some of the things that you were excited to instill in him or share with him coming into the show? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, you just show someone your nerdy work, you know, and I make all these boards and I do all this stuff. And, you know, so it was fun to share it with someone who was interested. And, um, you know, and it's, it's just interesting to see, like, how things come together. Like, in some ways, it is it is sort of magical, and then in other ways, there's a lot of work that goes in behind it. It's not, you know, I always, I think some people have this misconception that it's like instant pudding, that you just show up and you do it, and that's just not, it's not add water and go. It's really not. I mean, for some people it is, and for those rare creatures, I mean, that's amazing. I'm not one of those people. I wouldn't want to be one of those people either, because I really love the, I love the digging in part, so. And it also sounds like this was a unique experience in the fact that you would know where Wendy's arc was going season through season before you went into shooting. What difference did that make in the way that you could be very judicious about what am I going to show, what am I going to reveal, when am I going to reveal this? Well, it was huge because it, it, it relieved me of a lot of pressure. I was like, okay, well, if I know that that's happening in episode 10, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that. But yet I do have to plan for it. I do have to like eke it up, the energy up just a little bit so that when 10 comes, it hits and it lands the way that it should. So I, wasn't, I was never taken by surprise, so I had the time to sort of um, figure out when to, when to let things be on the back burner, when to slowly move them forward, um, and then the stuff that surprises you along the way. Then there are the things that you just don't know are going to happen, and, you know. Right, because, you know, even all of the choices that you make with her and all the places you take her, a lot of times you have to also be able to bring her back to her center. So the last season when she was facing losing her kids, that was a place of extreme vulnerability and anxiety for her as a character. But ultimately in knowing the arc that she was going on, how did you play to a choice like that, taking to her to one of her lowest points, but knowing that you had to be able to bring her back from it? You know, at that point we were, we'd been together for four seasons and I love those kids. You know, so th that's where the joy of being in a really good job with really good people pays off, is that that stuff is just sort of there. You just have to look at them, and it's, you know, so that's, that's that. And you were mentioning before that, that obviously there was the exploration of mental health within her family, and that that opened up the character a little bit more in different ways as well. What were some of the choices that you brought into her as a result of that narrative? Well, I think just that, you know, it's established that Tom's character had bipolar disorder, so there's the sense of that, and then there's just the symptoms of bipolar and how you can, what that, what that kind of does, and the sort of, and how you can be very animalistic with, you know, human impulse. And it allows you to do all the things that you were saying before. It allows you to, and then, and then she's really smart. She's not mature. So once I made the decision very early on that this was a very immature person, a, sh a smart, shrewd, impulsive, reactive person who had no maturity 
at all. I mean, she just, <laughs> she just didn't. <laughs> so to, to sort of strip that out of a character, you know, but keep shrewdness, you know, was, was fun and, went, and a challenge. And, and obviously this final season, you were finally coerced after many seasons of everybody trying to encourage you to direct. Um, what did you love about taking yourself out of your comfort zone, but doing it in a place that felt very safe and had a real safety net? Well, I was, I was lucky because it was an ideal situation, because it was a crew who I had known for years. It was actors who I'd worked with for years, so I knew all their tricks. I knew... <laughs> I knew how to push them in directions that maybe they didn't want to go or didn't think they could go. Um, so it was the ideal situation to be in because I just felt this like wave of support. I get very emotional whenever I think, particularly the crew. The crew was just, they were fantastic. Um, and I just sort of broke down the whole script the way that I do for me with every character. So it was, it, it was, um, it went, it, I'm just glad I didn't mess it up. <laughs> I'm just really so, I was so relieved I didn't completely make everyone regret that they had forced me to do this. So it was a, a bulk order of post-it notes in post-abroad. It was a lot, yeah. There was a lot of nerdy, nerdy behavior going on. And I've heard you mention that, that part of the inroad in directing that episode as well was that realization this episode is really centered around Marty. And so how did that influence a lot of the choices that you were making with the camera and how you told the story? Well, I, want, I wanted it to be a, a, a thing of suspense where the vice was just tightening on him all the way through so, so that he just had no place to go but to explode. Um, and when I first saw the script, it was a lot of meetings. It was a lot of people, like two, what, I, what we call in the theater French scenes, people coming together, having a meeting, information being exchanged and leaving. And I was like, well, how? And then that car thing at the end. It's like, how, how am I going to do that? So once, once, I, once I made the real decision that this was Jason's episode, and so then I sort of built everything around that, so that really there was a progression following him through, and everything around it would, would help move that trajectory forward. And when you first started on the show as well, I mean, it's got such a, a beautiful tone dramatically, but it's also constantly just slowly building this tension and suspense that you don't even notice building inside as you're watching it until it explodes. Um, is it helpful for you to think about the tone of the show in that way as a performer or really just focus on character and the choices you're making? It's really just, it's always script to me. It's like, just do what the script says. And there'll be moments even in the script where there's something that's surreal or something that's ridiculous or something that's funny or... You know, I loved like picking the music for that last scene. You know, what what great love song is going to be playing while while that's all going down? You know, and just the the surreal quality of when someone loses it like that, when someone like Marty Bird really just snaps, and we've been waiting for him to do that for four seasons. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier that this, you know, this is obviously about a family who don't know each other as well at the beginning and then certain things bring a lot out to the surface. But also for Wendy as an individual, it's an exploration of her relationship with herself and things that she didn't realize about herself. And so as you were working towards that, that finish line with her, what's the relationship that you wanted her to have with herself by the end? Oh, boy. Um... I think some sense of accountability, but yet glee at survival. You know, I think, you know, I love the sort of re the, the introduction, you know, of her brother and then her father who comes in. And, you know, I think there was a sense that 
And I, what I really wanted, I wanted her to step into herself. I wanted her to fully be who she was and be comfortable with who she was, regardless of, of how dubious her character is. I mean, you know, she's just you know, not a great person, but she was herself. She really stepped into honestly be who she was. And that's, that was really the, the, the trajectory all the way through with someone who didn't know themselves, didn't know who they were, wasn't really honest, and then got to a point of, of um, authenticity with, with their own identity. I really, really love that. Well, we have a couple of questions that were submitted in advance, and then if we have time, we will come to you guys uh, in the room as well for some more questions. So the first one's from Vivian Manning Scheffel, who's asking, what didn't your training as an actor prepare you for in working on this show? Uh, well, that's just an, that's a general good question. What, what training does not prepare you for is working at four in the morning. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I have to do a monologue at four in the morning? Are you kidding? Like, I can't see straight. How can I remember my lines? Acting in the cold, acting in the extreme heat. It's those things. It's the real production tough stuff that you don't you don't think about. Like, I have to be in wig and makeup and corsets for how long? 12, 14 hours a day? I mean, that's what, you know, those shows are. Like, in the theater, it's maybe four hours. No, 14, what? You know, so it's, it's, the, it's the physical demands of being able to do what you do under difficult circumstances, under circumstances you never even think about. Yeah. Like, I've got to go stand in freezing cold water and do what? You know, and everyone's, you know, depending upon me to do it and do it well. So it's, it's that stuff. I love that answer. Uh, our next question is from Rachel Kasich, who said, you've played Wendy for five years in 44 episodes to be exact on Ozark. How has Wendy changed the life of you as Laura? Oh, how nice, what a sweet question. I think, that's you, what a nice question. I think, I think really it made, it, it confirmed for me um, that it really is possible to have a job like that particularly in television, because television is not easy. And television is not always about the creative, and it's not always about, you know, people try to be as caring as they can be, but it, you know, it's not really high on the priority, because it is a business, and it is a thing, and it's a brand, and it's a product, and it's all of that stuff, which it is. You know, and you need to respect that part of it. But this show was run by such great people, and, you know, A, thank you, Netflix. I mean, because that started it. MRC. And then just everyone who was in charge of it was so good at their job and treated us all so well. I mean, we, I mean, I, it, we had just the best time and we genuinely adored each other. So it confirmed my faith that good jobs like this are possible. Because when you have, you know, three stinkers in a row, and you're not treated well, and you feel bad about yourself and your work and everyone around you, it can be really demoralizing. So if things like this sort of strengthen your spine, and they make you go, oh no, it is possible. I'm not crazy. It is possible for this to happen. If things are curated correctly, if they're in the right hands of people, then you can you know, provide the business responsibilities that you need to to a larger company, and you can have an artistically fulfilling experience and have a good time. You know, so that's, that's what it did. Yeah, that's so great. I think we have time to take one or two questions in the room, and I believe there's a microphone that is going to be coming. So if you have a question, feel free to put your hand up. Yes. I've got one down at the front here. Hi. Hi. Uh, so I'm from Brazil, and Ozark is huge there. 
And um, one of the questions that I have every time that I'm watching the show is in this four seasons, five years on this character, what has surprised you the most about her? Nothing, really. <laughs> because she's so all over the place. You know, so I knew that anything was sort of possible with her behavior and her tone and her... So nothing really surprised me. You know, I was delighted a lot of the times just to see how crazy it could all go and how we could still sort of maintain a sense of reality and have a plot that really did have a, a mission to it. So, um, but again, I think the surprise was really more about how the production was so well run. I mean, that was what was so surprising for me. Yeah. Do we have anyone else? Yep, yeah. uh, right over here. My microphone's just coming to you. Hi, Lord. Hi. I'm ecstatic to meet you, oh. by the way. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, Lamar. Lamar White. Hi. Nice to meet you. So um, I had two questions, if that's OK. There, one, the first one is very short. Okay. I'll answer them fast. Thank you. OK. So um, first, while shooting, uh, actually, I'll ask this one. Have you ever brought uh, any aspects of Wendy Bird home with you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a question for my husband. <laughs> I was, was going to you know, ask. I did at one point. I did find myself cursing a lot, oh. and I was like, "What is that?" Oh. I was like, "I have a young son. <laughs> like, I've got to stop that right now." But that was really the only thing. I mean, fortunately, you know, I've always been good about that. I'm not one of those people who sort of, you know, wears my part home. I'm, ah. I'm, I'm able to sort of leave it leave it behind but I did notice that one time I did start I started cursing in my head a little bit I was like, oh God. <laughs> okay and um last one uh are you hoping for a season five and if so what avenues would you like the show to tackle or what our show's done it's, I know it, they ended it it's over I'm, I'm I know I'm and I am I I'm I, I've got just gotten out of my black outfit just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be too morose. Oh. But no, 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 it's, it's, it is over, and, and we're all really, really sad about it. But we had a great time, and I'm just so glad that it ended well, It ended Netflix. well. Well, Netflix, uh, season five, please, por favor. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think we had one more in this row. Yeah, you can just pass it down. Which way? Uh, to your, your right. Hi, Laura. Um, I'm Murtad Elfad. Nice to meet you. Hey. Um, you... In just in general, you have this ability to etch these amazing sibling relationships on screen. I'm so thinking <laughs> of of Ozark, but I'm also thinking of You Can Count on Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Savages and Love yes. Actually. I know. Yeah, I know. You've done so I many know. of them. So I know. How do Isn't you do it? Funny? Why Why do they all feel so real and Isn't wonderful? Isn't that funny? I know, and I don't have a brother. <laughs> You know, I know I have all these fantastic cinematic brothers. There's a whole group of them now, and I love them to pieces. You know, I don't know what that is. I, I really don't. I know, I've thought about that myself, and I can remember at one point someone's, one of, I've had a representative who was like, oh, you don't want to do that movie because it's another sibling relationship. I was like, well, but it's a different sibling relationship. And it's okay. Like, don't be scared of that. It's going to be wildly different from anything else. So... It's, uh, it's fun to look back on and like look at all of those relationships. I'm in touch with all of them, you know. Um, 
so, I, you know, but it's fun. I don't know why it works for me, but it, it, it seems to. I've been lucky. I think it's more about the men playing my brothers than, than really me. I just lucked out with good people. More, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been truly phenomenal watching you play this character throughout the last few seasons of Ozark. So congratulations on an incredible run of the show, and thank you so much. Nice meeting you all. Thank you. Thank you.